Welcome to the King's Chapel, Alaska podcast. From wherever you are listening, we are so excited that you tuned in today. Let's prepare our hearts to hear from God's Word. Mark chapter 9, verse 17. Are you guys ready to get into the Word for a little bit? Reading from the NIV, read with me if you would. A man in the crowd answered, Teacher, I brought you my son who is possessed by a spirit that has robbed him of speech. Whenever it seizes him, it throws him to the ground. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. I asked your disciples to drive out the spirit, but they could not. You unbelieving generation, Jesus replied. How long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. So they brought him. When they saw, when the Spirit saw Jesus, it immediately threw the boy into a convulsion. He fell to the ground and rolled around, foaming at the mouth. Jesus asked the boy's father, How long has he been like this? From childhood, he answered, It has often thrown him into fire or water to kill him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. If you can, said Jesus, everything is possible for one who believes. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, in this time that we have tonight, God, I feel a sense of expectation in this place tonight. God, I feel a sense of faith rising in this place tonight. God, I believe there's something that you want to do in our hearts and our minds. Lord God, to release something in this place. So God, I pray that you would do it. Let our hearts be open to your word, and we thank you in your mighty name. Amen. You can be seated. It's just a privilege to be able to be here tonight. I am just here for a few hours. I flew in, got here about 3.30 yesterday afternoon, and I fly out tonight. So it's a quick turnaround, but I had an opportunity to spend some time at the building. Why don't you give all the folks who serve at that building a great hand? Come on, Wally and all the team. And just thank you, Pastor Daniel, for allowing me to be here tonight. Uh, Am I older than you? Really? All right, just checking. Okay. (laughs) It's just always a privilege to get to be here in Wasilla. Literally, besides Honolulu that I used to go to every Sunday almost for about five to seven years, uh, I have been to this extension more than any KC extension over the years, which is just wild to me. But uh, my wife and I just love you guys and love what God's doing here. But I want to get into the Word tonight. We just read this passage for just a moment. Here's this child possessed by a demon, mute, convulsing, foaming, gnashing teeth, body freezing up, and the dad brings him to the disciples, to the men of God, and literally nothing changes. In fact, it seems like an impossibility. If we brought him to the men of God, if we brought him to the disciples, these guys who are casting out demons, and literally nothing is of effect, nothing happens, it seems pretty impossible, right? And so Jesus walks into the scene, and the demon starts to freak out, and he starts putting on a big show, trying to intimidate. Of course, Jesus is not intimidated. Jesus ignores the show. Jesus knows his authority, amen? And rather than paying attention to the demon, he starts talking to the dad, a little conversation on the side. So how long long has he been like this, you know? Casual little conversation, demon, all the, you know, Jesus, and the man says, from childhood. And the man just has very little faith left because here's what he said, 
But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. And I love Jesus' answer. If you can? If you can, it's like asking a top-level surgeon, do you know how to get a splinter out? It's like asking a top-level chef, do you know how to boil an egg? Or a master mechanic, um, do you know how to change oil? If you can. He's talking to the creator of the universe. He's talking to the person who created the man and his son. He's talking to the person who spoke worlds into existence. He's talking to the person that literally everything is under his feet, every demonic power, even Satan himself. And if you can do anything, and Jesus says, if you can, and he says these incredible words, everything is possible to him who believes. Now, I want us to say just the three words together because we're actually going to say it a lot tonight. Everything is possible. Would you say it with me again? Everything is possible. You know, you see it all the way back to the book of Genesis. Let's just jump back there for just a minute. Are you guys ready tonight? I mean, here's Abram and Sarai. They're old. Abram's 100 years old. Abraham's 100 years old. And what does God do? He gives them a child, a promise fulfilled. And you know what? It doesn't matter how old you are tonight, whether you're 70, 80, 65, 60, whatever you are. Even though maybe your promise hasn't been fulfilled yet, God is still the promise keeper, and he will still come through for you. That's why Genesis 18 says, is anything too difficult for the Lord? In Exodus, what did he do? He opened and closed the Red Sea, allowing Israel to go through. Here they are. They're being squished, you know, backed uh, uh, by, the, by Pharaoh's army. He, they're coming down for him. They're, they're caught here. And what does God do? We all know, probably most of us here, we saw the movie if you didn't know the Bible passage. And they walk through unscathed, dry bed. And then the biggest army in the world at that time goes in, and God destroys them. In Leviticus, he makes atonement for our sin and foreshadows how he will ultimately complete it. In Numbers, he, oh, no, yes. In Numbers, he caused a donkey to speak. Now, I don't know how disqualified you feel, but you're not a donkey, all right? God can use anybody. In Deuteronomy 3, he says, For what God is there in heaven or on earth who can do the deeds and mighty works you do? In Joshua, there were massive, what, massive city walls, and it all just fell completely down with what? One shout of praise. No matter the walls you're facing tonight, internal, external, mind, soul, physically, whatever's fencing you in, God can cause those to fall. With something as simple as a shout of praise. In, in Judges 3, he uses one man named Shamgar and a simple tool, an ox goad, to destroy 600 Philistines and save Israel. One guy with one tool. Now, sometimes you feel like you don't have the tools. Are you with me tonight? To fight the enemy or to win or you feel alone, just think about Shamgar because God gave him the victory. No matter how big the enemy was. What about Ruth? If you haven't noticed, I'm taking you through the books of the Bible. Have you noticed that? We got a ways to go, all right? So just hold on. 
And Ruth, what does he do? He takes a poor, widowed young woman who's been through trauma, who's trying to hang on to her mother-in-law that has nothing, literally nothing, and he brings her a redeemer, Boaz, and ends up making her the mother of kings. No matter the heartache, no matter the loss, no matter the hardship you've faced, he can turn that situation around because he's your redeemer, amen? Turn it around to something beautiful. Why? Because everything is... Try that one more time. That was not great. Here we go. Because everything is possible. You see, because tonight I really feel like there's some of you that need to know that the impossible is possible and God's going to make it happen for you. I mean, what about in 1 Samuel, Jonathan and his armor bearer? Two guys scale up what? Like a cliff. Hey, maybe we can take those guys. The Lord's with us. Great. We've got one sword and they climb up together, and they rout those 20 men, and God loves that faith, and he shows up, and he sends panic through the camp, and they destroy the, they destroy the Philistines. Second Samuel, we all know he takes a shepherd boy, David, and elevates him to be the greatest king that ever lived. In 1 Kings, he causes a poor widow's jar, a flower, and a bottle of oil to stay full during famine. Now, if you'll put God first tonight which I'm sure all you guys do, he will miraculously supply for you even in the hardest times, even in time of famine, because everything is everything's possible. In 2 Kings, he gives a barren couple a child. They can't have kids. They have a kid. Then the kid dies, and what happens? God raises him from the dead. First Chronicles, he turns around a man's life who was a pain. Wouldn't, wouldn't you hate it if your name was a pain and you were always called a pain? Some of you have been called a pain, and you understand. No, no nobody here. Nobody here. Jabez, you all know that. We pray that. And God takes an impossible. Your name is pain. Every time someone sees you, like, here comes that pain. I mean, you get called it all your life, and God who makes the impossible possible, comes and turns that guy's life completely around till he's so blessed, we pray the prayers he prayed. Ezra. Oh, no, no, I got to rewind. Everybody say rewind. Second Chronicles. He takes the son of an initially illicit relationship, David and Bathsheba, and makes that guy the wisest and wealthiest man that ever lived, Solomon. I mean, God takes the impossible and makes it possible. Some of you have made bad choices. Don't raise your hand. If we repent like David, yeah, there's some consequences, but God can turn it around no matter the situation you were in tonight. I mean, in, in Ezra, he takes Cyrus, a pagan king, to release Israel from captivity and provide for the rebuilding of the temple. That means God can use anyone or any situation to provide for you. In Nehemiah, he causes the walls of Jerusalem to be completed despite all the intimidation and all the opposition. This is a year of fulfillment. Amen? He can do that for you. In Esther, he saves the Jewish people from, uh, out of the great courage of one young woman. I mean, she was a nobody. She was nothing. And suddenly, God, let me just get her in the right position, in the right place. She gets elevated at one moment, and she brings salvation to her whole nation. Because why? Everything Y'all got to work on it. You got to work on it. I'm not feeling it. Ready? One more time. Because? Thank you. 
In fact, he caused Satan's attempt to destroy Job to fail. When you get to the end of the book, after all he went through, it said God blessed the latter part of his life more than the former. And Job himself said, I know that you can do all things. No purpose of yours can be thwarted. Are you guys still with me tonight? Are you still here? Amen. So, so just listen as I share this. In Psalms, he makes the power of praise arise. In Proverbs, he makes the simple wise. In Ecclesiastes, he makes all things beautiful in his time. In the Song of Songs, he makes a gift of love so sublime. In Isaiah, a Savior is decreed. He returns the redeemed. In Jeremiah, he says, is anything too hard for me? In Lamentations, out of his love, he didn't destroy completely. He let a man, Ezekiel, see the awesomeness of heaven. He let Daniel have influence for generations. Hosea, he turns around an adulterous marriage. In Joel, he promises to pour out his spirit on men and women alike. In Amos and Obadiah, he turns disaster to glorious days. In Jonah, he puts a man inside a fish so he will obey and then forgives Nineveh for their wicked ways. In Micah, he, his wonders, he promises to display. In Nahum, though we've been in bondage, he will tear our shackles away. In Habakkuk, though we're weak, he enables us to stand on the heights. In Zephaniah, he restores our fortunes and saves with his might. In Haggai, he releases greater glory. In Zechariah, he releases visions and prophetic stories. In Malachi, he says, I, the Lord, do not change, and I'll pour out so much blessing on you if you'll obey. And come on and give him praise. Give him praise. Give him praise. Give him praise. That was just the Old Testament, all right? And you say, why are you sharing these? Because literally, through the entire word of God, you go to every single book and God takes the impossible and makes it possible from beginning to end. In the Gospels, there's really too many to name. So I'm going to give short ones. Matthew, he fed the 5,000 with a boy's lunch. In Mark, they wake him up and he comes out and he just speaks to a storm and it stops. In Luke... A virgin named Mary gives birth to the Son of God. In John, he speaks, come forth, and Lazarus is raised from the dead. Jesus just kept doing the impossible and kept doing the impossible and kept doing the impossible and kept doing the impossible. And in the Gospels, all of them, he endures the most incredible pain and suffering, endures our shame. The weight and the sin of all of us, he takes it on himself and pays the massive, massive price for us to be set free from eternal death, eternal separation from him. Folks, that is the biggest impossibility made possible by the cross. And Acts, he fills people with his spirit. They become his temple. He puts his spirit inside us. Thousands are saved. He translates Philip in a moment to another location. He healed people from Paul's handkerchiefs and apron. He healed people that Peter's shadow crossed over. He turned the up world upside down just through ordinary people because, please help me, because everything And let's just talk about the epistles for a minute. The epistles turn from kind of outward amazing stuff to inward amazing stuff. From the physical impossibilities like Abraham and Sarah having a kid to Things that seem impossible inside of us happening. In Romans, it says he works everything together for your good. If God is for you, who can be against you? It's the ultimate backup for you. 
1 Corinthians 6, he gives a long, long list of really rough sins that people commit, but he says, but you were cleansed, you were made holy, you were made right before God. He did that. 2 Corinthians, it says, his power is made perfect in our weakness. Even in our weakness, everything is possible, even in our weakness. Galatians 4, he's taken us from slaves to be his sons, and now his heirs. Come on. See, sometimes we're in church and we hear these things so often. The power of the cross, we're God's heirs, we're his children, and it sort of starts to feel like the same old, same old. I know that, heard that, heard that, but think about the amazingness of it. Just wrap your head around that for a minute. Ephesians, he said he's able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. That means as far as your brain can stretch, as far as you can imagine the things that God can do, God says, "Uh I can do way more than that. I mean, you just think as far as you can. I mean, like, like as much as possible. And God's like, that's nothing to me. Philippians 4, he says he'll meet how many of your needs? All your needs. Everything. Everything, even the ones that you're like, I don't know how this is going to work out. Like This does not seem possible, God. I don't know where some money is going to come from or something's going to come from. But he says he can and he will meet all your needs according to his. No lack, full provision is not impossible. It's possible. Colossians 1 says he will present us holy, unblemished and blameless in his presence. If indeed we continue in our faith, established and firm, not moved, backing that up, 1 Thessalonians says, he will keep our whole spirit, soul, and body blameless at his coming. He will do it. Guys, that's a big deal because some people can start strong, but they don't end strong. And you started strong, or maybe you didn't start that strong, but you're struggling, and you're struggling, and the devil would like to come and tell you, nope, not going to make it. Nope, things are just too stacked against you. The devil likes to say stuff like that. Are, are you hearing me tonight? Are you hearing me tonight? You, you might say, um, really? Really? I mean, I remember growing up as a kid. I grew up in church. And just a little tiny bit of my testimony, when I was younger, it was like I had this, uh, it was just a demonic thing, attack over my life when I was young, but it was almost like a fatalistic thing the devil kept throwing at me. I don't think I was, you know, smart enough to realize it was the devil always throwing it at me, but where it was sort of this fatalistic approach that I wasn't going to win, that I wasn't going to make it, that I wasn't enough. And I would grab those two scriptures right there and say, he will keep my whole spirit, soul, and body blameless at his coming. And when the devil throws that kind of mess at you and those lies at you, you got to grab these scriptures like this and hang on to them and say, yeah, you say it's impossible. God says it's possible. Second Thessalonians says he'll give us peace at all times in every way. There may be some of you here or maybe people online that just, just peace has seemed impossible. Just rest in your soul. Your mind is racing. There's anxiety. You're heavy. 
in your heart, and, 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 and peace seems out of reach on a regular basis. But that's not what that says. It says he will give us peace at all times in every way. Peace is possible because, say it with me, everything is possible. First Timothy, he richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Do you know that God wants you to enjoy life? You know, sometimes I'm working at something, working at something, working at something. I feel like God, you know, like takes a microphone, hits me on the head. Can you just enjoy this? Because sometimes we're all about getting things done. Maybe not you, but I'm like, get things done, get things done. Some of us like to check things off lists. Like we get this euphoric joy from checking things off lists. I'm kind of one of those people. Some of you are like, what? People have lists? You didn't even know there was a list. God bless you. I remember one time I was driving, when we lived in Dallas, I was driving, you know, highways in Dallas. I was headed somewhere. I was going as fast as I can. I felt like the Lord just tapped me on the shoulder and said, can you just enjoy the drive? Like, it was spring. Can you just, like, look at some flowers for a minute that I made? And so often we're driving through life like, ah, ah, got to get somewhere, got to get somewhere, got to do this, got to achieve this. Gotta, and he said, can you just enjoy this? What I've, can you just enjoy your family? Can you just enjoy the work that I've given you to do? Can you just enjoy the finances that I have provided? I know you want more. I want to give you more. But can you enjoy what I've given you? He says he's given us everything for our enjoyment. But I recognize that sometimes, even as believers, we can be going through life and not enjoying much at all. Now, that's a crime, but it happens. And can I just say this? Because I feel like it's something important that people don't rob you of your joy and peace. You let them rob you. When you determine that no one has the power to steal your joy, no circumstance, no reaction, no choice that they make because you can't control what people do, and you just determine that you're not going to let, that the joy you have in God is way above that and that they can't rob it from you, then you're going to live in greater joy and enjoyment. For you, God will make that impossibility possible. And maybe tonight that needs to happen for you. Maybe you're weighted down. And God's saying tonight, I've provided everything for your enjoyment. I will make it possible. In Ecclesi- uh, uh, I believe it's Ecclesiastes, it talks about God uh, uh, giving you the gift to be able to enjoy your work and enjoy your life. And we all need that from him. Are you still with me tonight? When you go home, say, the preacher preached the whole Bible, and it's true. <laughs> and 2 Timothy says he's not given us a spirit of fear. Thank you. Power, love, a sound, disciplined mind. Your mind isn't all messed up. It's got some order to it. Amen. 
fear broken off of you. That's the kind of life he wants you to live in. Now stick with me here. In Titus, he empowers us to do good. In Philemon, he restores relationships to be as they should. In Hebrews, everything is subject to him. In James, he gives us the power to persevere and win. In 1 Peter, we're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. In 2 Peter, his divine power has given us everything we need to live good. In 1 John, he gives us power to overcome. In 2 John, he says the truth lives in us. In 3 John, he wants to prosper us in every way. In Jude, he is able to keep us till that day when he presents us in his presence without sin. And in Revelation, we see it happening then when finally we will be in his presence for all eternity. The impossible made possible once again because everything is possible with him. You said God. I said him because it rhymed. You're right. The entire word of God is one impossibility after another in every book. That means God loves to do that sort of thing where he takes something that seems like such a mess. Some of y'all were that mess. And he already made some stuff possible, right, in your life? So six and a half years ago, as a lot of you guys know, at least you sort of know, we moved to a city called Branson, Missouri. And, uh, and it's just great to see uh, Kyle and Zoe and the family here now. But uh, we started Kings Branson just as a life group in our apartment. We didn't even own a house yet. And after a few months, we moved into our house and we started Sunday mornings. It had been just a Thursday night life group. And we started declaring the impossibilities and saying, here's the vision that we really believe God wants us to do. We believe he's called us to, to, to have a church and that he wants to send revival to our area in greater measure, a flow of the power of the river of the Spirit of God. But we also believe he wants us to do shows. And uh, we didn't know how to do the shows. I mean, I've done shows forever uh, when we were in Maui and, and in Dallas, um, but Branson is a show town. There's, I don't know, 50 to 100 shows, something like that in our town, and of different types and kinds. And didn't quite know, and, and in my mind, I was like, you know, I... I uh, you know, I really don't want to just do it with volunteers. I want to make it great. You know, volunteers are awesome, by the way. But I just wanted to make it more professional than what I had done. And, and so, but we weren't sure how to do it. And so sometimes you, you don't wait to figure it all out. You just start with what you have. Right? How many of you know that? You guys doing okay tonight? And so we start talking about we're going to do these shows. And, 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 you know, we were at the cathedral for years. We had a lot of people in our shows there. And so we're just kind of used to that. And okay, we're going to, don't know how we're going to do this. We know we're going to come up with these people, but we're going to do this. And, you know, we really believe God wants us to have an art school and a worship school to train people in those sort of things. And, and I used to just kind of jest around because my wife is an amazing 
baker. Hi, hon. Pastor Melissa says hi to all of you, by the way. And uh, she is a great cookie maker, all right? And, right, anybody that knows, had been to my house, yes, all right. So um, I would make jokes about us having a bakery one day. And I had people, this is kind of in the very beginning of us starting the church there, that literally told me these things. One, that kind of show will never work in Branson. You will never be able to do that. That's impossible. First of all, this is what someone told me sitting at their kitchen table. First of all, uh, you should only have about eight people in any show that you're going to do here. And so your thought about having like 50 or 60 people in a show will not work in this town right here. And, and then literally they told me, um, by the way, no one's going to volunteer for that. No one in this town will ever volunteer for a show is what was told to me. And, and, and um, then what was said to me uh, in talking to some people was, you know, they, they had been kind of interested in maybe getting involved in a school of the arts to train people and reach out to the community, but they, they, they lost faith for that. They said, a church really shouldn't be doing those things. And then they said this to me, and that bakery, which I was joking about, that, that a church should never be doing that. That will not happen. And, and I mean, this is pretty much all in one conversation. I'm like, wow, that was encouraging. <laughs> Thank you for this wonderful time together. And they left the church, and, and I... <laughs> However, we all know that everything is possible. It's been about six years. Two years ago, God gives us a beautiful theater. It's completely remodeled and just made beautiful right on the strip where all the main shows are in our city. Now, listen, we had done shows in other locations in our city. I mean, just trying to get things going. And, you know, no one would really, I mean, honestly, not really take us seriously. You know, at first we were like in some industrial area. And I remember some guy saying, I saw your sign and I thought, who on earth could put on a show? Where? You know, I mean, no one thought that was real, not really. The minute God gave us that place, suddenly the show world of our town took us seriously. Oh, you guys are real. Suddenly they're talking to us different. Suddenly they're treating us completely different. Not anything we did, something God just did by giving us a theater right there. We've been in there for one year. Last summer we did eight weekends of shows with about 50 people on the stage, all volunteering. At Christmas, there were 60-plus people on the stage, plus people all in the back. We just did Easter weekend where we uh, performed Birthday of a King for the first time in sort of a heightened level, miraculously, that, than we've ever done it before with flying and, and a whole new section of the show that's never been seen. And literally, we had families standing to the glory of God at the altar, weeping 
together people filled with the Holy Spirit at the altar, at the show. I mean, lives dramatically changed at the altar of a show. We, we, we prayed for years because feeling that, that it was really more than a church for us, that, 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 that really, are you guys still with me? That really for us, this might sound crazy, but a picture of how Peter and John, I mean, I'm sorry, Peter and Andrew's boat was filled with fish, and they had to call James and John, and there were two boats, basically, that were filled with fish when Jesus spoke to them, and it was a picture I felt like God gave me that there's two boats he's giving us. One's the church, one's revival, one's the shows, and he's going to fill both with fish. He's going to fill them both with souls. And just believing that people were going to literally get healed during the shows, and we've literally had that, where a, a guest who came to the show said, I was sitting there, this, I was watching this show, Jesus the Experience, and I got healed sitting in the show, and they came to church the next day testifying that God had healed them while they were sitting in their seat. People said that couldn't happen. Not only that, but off and on we tried to start um, like a little school of worship, little school of the arts. We'd teach four or five people. And, you know, it's hard to keep a school going. And God bless you guys who do KSM here because you're very successful and we're all blessed by it. <clears throat> and, it, you know, just keeping the school going with everything else we were doing, shows church just wasn't really happening. And I was here last October, my wife and I, we were on a little vacation. We went back home after that vacation, and about a month or so later, someone comes in my office and says, hey, this family who's been involved in our shows, they don't go to our church, but we, we had a good relationship with them, they were a part of our shows, that lady is starting, she wants to start her own art school. She has a degree in theater, I know her pretty well, I had no idea she was going to do that. And, um, in fact, she already has students, and she already has teachers all lined up, like professional teachers, ready to teach. But they sort of just don't exactly have an ongoing place to be. And I'm like, why don't they just do it with us? They're connected, you know, they're in our shows. If she wants to start a school, why doesn't she just start it here? Because we have a place, and we have a relationship. And so it was like the beginning of December just last year. This, this just blows my mind, guys. So we get together. We talk, we talk about it. I said, hey, you want to start a school? Yes. I go, we have a vision to start a school. She's like, what's your vision? I said, here's our vision. She goes, that's my vision. I said, let's combine these visions. And in one moment, something that was said to be impossible, one moment, God already had all lined up. All I did, by the grace of God, was open the doors. And starting in January, we had King's Academy of the Performing Arts happening every week in our building. One moment. It's a year of fulfillment, right? One moment every Saturday and Monday afternoons. Students, now listen. Extra cool, only one of those students was a youth from our church or a kid from our church. They're all kids from the community. 
And not just our community, communities an hour away, all driving into this place. And I know it might not sound very spiritual, but last weekend, those students in our theater performed Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Tommy Tenney was with us a few weeks ago, and we were advertising that, and he said, thank God you're preaching the gospel of Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. What he meant by that was, thank God you're reaching into the community to touch people in a way. They're going to walk in this building. They're going to be entertained. But you know what? There's a greeter that's going to say hi to them. There's somebody that's going to love on them. There's somebody that's going to hug on them. There's, there's, there's our opportunity to show the love of Christ and to provide a service for our community. And last Saturday, they had two performances, and I was blown away by the amount of people who showed up with almost no advertising, standing ovation, saying, wow, this is so amazing people who are artsy in nature, people who are parents of kids who are artsy that would have never walked into our building. Guys, in one moment, God did something that someone would say was impossible and didn't just make it possible, made it happen, bam. And now people are saying, what's next? How do we sign up for the next thing? How do I get my kids in this? Are you hearing me tonight? On top of that, in our building that God graciously gave us was the original Starbucks in our town. So we literally have a coffee shop that sells bakery items. We, we have a professional baker in our church who has her own kitchen where she, you know, professional kitchen where she prepares them. They're sold, and we're getting ready to open in the next two or three weeks every day for business in that place. God can make anything possible. In a moment... You think your thing's too hard for him, it's not. You think your family mess is too hard for him, it's not. You think the junk going on in your brain and your emotions is too hard for him, it's not. He can say, peace be still in one moment and change it all. Or he can take time and do it that way. God has many ways that he works. But we sang it a moment ago. At your whisper, the moment that you speak, the moment that you breathe, it changes. All it takes is one touch from God. All it takes is one word from God. All it takes is God saying, that can just happen. On top of it, am I okay, Pastor Daniel? Finish up here in just a moment. As we've prayed for that revival to be poured out, hmm. in January of this year, I was standing. This kind of stuff probably happens here in Marcella all the time, but I was getting ready to close a Wednesday night service just like this. It was, there was nothing special happening. It was just, a, you know, I preached. It was over. 
da-da-da, there was no big anything, and I'm saying the final prayer. I'm in the middle of the prayer, and I look up, and I can see this crystal clear water coming down the middle aisle. I mean, it was like as if it was actually happening, and and I'm stunned, and it's coming, and suddenly I can't move at our pulpit, and I'm just frozen, and I don't know how long I'm frozen, and I'm thinking, I got to close this service, but I can't move. God's presence was so powerful, and I didn't know what was going on. There were people on the floor, people on their faces. I didn't say a word. God just flowed into place. And throughout this year, we've just begun to see healings take place. Healing in people's lives, like real powerful deliverance, but even physical healings. A girl that was uh, so pigeon-toed, I mean, she, she couldn't walk straight. In a service, her legs were completely made straight. She's pulling up, you know, her, to her knees. She's showing her mom. Her mom's freaking out because it's been like that all of her life. And just even since Easter, it's like we've just begun to see more and more move of the power of God. And I know that's normal for you guys and should be normal for all of us. Amen. But I'm just telling you, the things God spoke are beginning to come to pass. Now, let me just say this to you. I stood on your property today. I was here to help in some areas. But I'm just here to declare that whatever seems impossible on that property is not impossible because everything is possible with God. And I declare it today over all of you who are working there, working so diligently, and every little piece that, that you know, it's almost like, um, I don't know, little pieces that have to get put into place, almost like when you're, I hate to say this, but building something with Legos. I know it's not a Lego building, all right? Um, that every piece that has to be put into place to make it work, Pastor Daniel, is going to come to pass. He's putting the pieces in your hand, and they will just be put in the right place as you hang on to him. In Mark, the dad's response was, I believe. Help my unbelief. And Jesus delivered that boy. Now, tonight, whatever you're facing, is nothing to God. If he can give us a bakery when I was just kind of kidding, to prove who he is, he can do it for you. Dreams and visions he's placed in your heart. You're like, how on earth, God? How on earth? You're going to expand my ministry. You've got this in store for me. You've got this call on my life. How on earth? And God says, just put it in my hands. Enjoy the drive. Follow me and put it in my hands, and I will bring it to pass if you will keep full of faith. That's a word for somebody tonight. How many of you believe in? Thank you for joining today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one.